0: is going on guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw season premiere post show for october 10th 2022 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the beautiful ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your monday evenings wherever you may be Man, did that show fly by tonight. I felt like I wasn't even watching Monday Night Raw. It started at 8, it was over by 11, and it didn't really feel like three hours, man. I guess this is what happens when you book Monday Night Raw, right? Triple H gave us a Monday Night Raw tonight that was on par with what a Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania feels like. And my question is, Am I? Mentality is, if this felt like a Raw after WrestleMania, what is the Raw after WrestleMania going to feel like? I don't know. I thought tonight was a very enjoyable show, man. I thought tonight's show was definitely a two-thumbs-up show. There's a lot that happened tonight. I don't even know where to begin. A lot happened tonight. We got the hype of Bray Wyatt. Coming out of Extreme Rules on Saturday, WWE never advertised him for Monday night. So for everybody online, and I I was a part of that, I'll give you my reasons in a little bit. WWE never advertised Bray Wyatt for Monday night. So if you are upset about Bray Wyatt not being on Monday night, you have nobody to blame but yourself. You put that position on yourself to be upset. WWE never advertised him. They actually advertised him tonight for Friday, and I'll get into that in just a little bit. And I will go over why I thought Bray should have at least gave us a vignette or something on the show tonight. We got another QR code, and we got a video tease, and it's all leading to Friday Night SmackDown, which Monday night, I mean, if Bray Wyatt was on this show, there was a lot of shit on this show that could easily get Bray Wyatt lost in the shuffle. So if you are a Bray Wyatt fan, you're probably thanking WWE for not putting him on this show tonight. The biggest thing that happened tonight was the return of Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, two individuals who were fired by the old administration for whichever reason. I don't know none of my business Not really all that important, being that they are back now in the WWE. With a nice little caveat, if you are Carl Anderson, AJ Styles has enlisted the Good Brothers. The Bullet Club is in WWE. AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Doc Gallows, they are now going to do battle against the Judgment Day. And how this is going to play out going into Survivor Series, I don't know yet. But it definitely got a hell of a lot more interesting. We will go over that. And my reaction to that, I thought that was excellent. Excellent pickup by WWE to pair them together against Judgment Day. And like I said, a nice little caveat if you are Carl Anderson. He is the IWGP never open weight champion. So he's still holding a New Japan Pro Wrestling Championship title. Does this mean that WWE now has a working relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling? We saw on social media tonight, New Japan Pro Wrestling retweeting the WWE account and the happenings on Monday Night Raw. I don't know. Did Triple H facilitate a New Japan WWE semi-partnership here? We will talk about that A little bit later on in the show, but those two men are back, and Triple H adds yet another trio to the WWE, and I'm very excited about that. Not knowing if we're going to get trio championships or not, but the door is definitely open, and the reason for these trios is not because of Survivor Series and Survivor Series only. So we will talk about all that in just a little bit. The other big thing that happened tonight was Brock Lesnar's back. Brock Lesnar showed up just in time for Saudi Arabia. That's the only reason why he's back. Brock Lesnar is back in time for another massive payday from the Prince of Saudi Arabia. And WWE's got to factor him into the show somehow. Uh, The Prince probably gave them a call this week. Hey, you got got Lesnar for the show in a month. What are we doing with Brock? We got to get Brock on the show, so... WWE calls Brock up. They invite him to New York City. At the Barclays Center, they set up a program with Bobby Lashley, and that's it. That's it. Brock Lesnar was there. He returned. He destroyed Bobby Lashley as Seth Rollins was the recipient of a Brock Lesnar major, major, major assist. I haven't seen assists like this since John Stockton and Karl Malone, bro. This is Seth Rollins reaping the benefits of Brock Lesnar. He's now the United States heavyweight champion. And Bobby Lashley is on a collision course for Crown Jewel and Brock Lesnar, which I have no problem with. I have no problem with that at all. So Lesnar's back, and they factored that into the already illogical booking coming on into this show with this Rollins and Bobby Lashley match anyway. So they tried to make the best of it by including Brock Lesnar in this entire thing. Monday Night Raw tonight was a very, very focused show. It did not overstay its welcome with the DX campy comedy. It did not give us, you know, Triple H and Road Dog and Shawn Michaels and X Pac. I am actually quite disappointed we didn't get Daddy S. Chance in Brooklyn. I'm very disappointed in you, New York. I, I really am. When we need you to step up, You never come through in the clutch, and you never deliver, man. Just ask the fucking New York Mets and Buck Showalter. Too early for that? Was it too early for that joke? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mets fans. I'm sorry, bro. Listen, there's always next year, man. There's always next year. But listen, you get an early start over everybody else on the golf courses down in Tampa or uh, Fort Lauderdale, wherever fucking... uh, the Mets go and uh, do spring training. Is it too early? I don't know, man. How many people did I upset about that? I don't Listen, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. San Diego stuff. San Diego stuff, man. Now we can all collectively root against the Yankees. That's the way it goes, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. Listen, I, at least I'm not asking you about Nikki. Uh, the fuck is her name? My god, trash. At least I'm not asking you about Nikki Trash, man. There you go. Yeah, you got the night off. You got the night off, man. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're the Mets. Meet the Mets. Whatever. I'm in some mood tonight, man. Uh, listen, let's get to the fucking music, man. Let's get the fuck out. Let's get this show on the road, man. Jesus Christ. My boy Vandelli, bro. Listen, I'm sorry. I, I had to do it, bro. I know he's watching somewhere. Listen, man, the Braves got a tough time, man. They got the Phillies. The Phillies are not easy. For all I know, the Braves may lose the Phillies. We may be looking at a Phillies and Padres, NLCS, man. Imagine that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Guardian, I'm sorry. Listen, bro, I'm sorry, man. I know you're a Mets fan too, bro. My grandma's a Mets fan, bro. She called me tonight. She was sad. I don't want my grandma sad. She's like, did you see the Met game last time? I'm like, yeah, Graham, I watched it. They got shut out. One hit. The fuck is going on? Anyway, guys, listen. I can officially say that we hit 138,000 subscribers, man. Thank you guys so very much, man. Officially hit 138,000. I'm sorry, Issa. Listen, I know you're not a Mets fan. I'm sorry about the uh the uh Yankees comment. L- listen, I'll be I'll be watching. I'll be why. We can't disappoint Roman. No, not that Roman, the 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 little Roman. We can't disappoint, okay? Yeah, meet the mess. Meet the mess. Anyway, guys, 138,000 subscribers, man, officially right now during this stream. Thank you guys very much. Now we are on our way to 139. Appreciate you all very much. Hit that subscribe button down below if you have not done so. Hit that thumbs up. We got 3,000 in the venue. Haven't even said anything yet. I need 1,000 minimum, 1,000 likes minimum on the Monday Night Raw Post Show. I will not be here next Monday. There will be no live stream. There will not be a Monday Night Raw live stream on Monday. There will not be a Tuesday Night Dynamite live stream on Tuesday. I will be back on Thursday. We will go live when I get back. Where am I going? I'm going to have an ice-cold Guinness in the fine country of Ireland. I will be in Dublin. I'm legitimately taking a break for myself, man. I need to, uh, I need to be like Buddy Matthews and Alistair Black or Malachi Black, and recalibrate. So I'm going to recalibrate with Guinness and Jameson. All joking aside, I will not be here Monday. So uh, I, I, I say this: let the boredom begin. Because without me, who the fuck are you going to watch? Fightful? <laughs> Come on, man! You ain't going over there, man. Come on. No Monday Night Raw Post Show next week, so uh, get used to it. And don't ask me, oh, where is this? Why are you live? So I'll be back on, uh, actually, I'll be back on Wednesday, but there's no show on Wednesday, so I will uh, go live as soon as I get back to New York. Make sure you guys get those super chats in. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships are open. I'm always accepting applications to the VIP club. Man, hit that channel join button and become a channel member right here on OTS. And tonight's show sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code scripts 20 at checkout for 20% off and free show. Yeah, you guys could go watch Jason. As long as you come back to me the following week, that's fine. And go check out the Extreme Rules Pro show. Uh, we did uh, unbelievable, man. 4,000 likes, over 50,000 views. Thank you guys very much for all of that support there. It was a tremendous, tremendous weekend with the return of Bray Wyatt. Uh, Tyson Clark, you better watch your fucking mouth, man. I don't do that on this channel. I do not bury solomonster Monster ever on this channel. We love Solomon Monster. Solomon's has actually been over the house to have whiskey and dinner. So you can end that fucking narrative right then and there. Or you could go watch Jesse. I don't give a shit. Jesse may be live next week for AEW Dynamite. I will not be here. I will obviously be discussing more on that as the days go on. But let's get down to business tonight, man. We got Monday Night Raw. Opening up with the bloodline, Roman Reigns finally showed up to work on Monday Night Raw for the first time in uh, God knows how long. Roman Reigns comes out. He's with the bloodline, Jimmy J, Solo, Paul Heyman, and the honorary Oose, Sami Zayn. So Reigns is in the ring. He does his shtick. He's asking Brooklyn to acknowledge him. He said he doesn't like to dwell in the past, but he can't get past Friday for some reason. He said a long time ago, his father taught him that the loudest in the room is the weakest in the room. I guess that applies to me, too, right? Is Roman talking about me? I'm not loud. I can be loud when I want to, but it doesn't matter, man. When I'm loud, that means I'm right, more likely than not. So he said, if you're the loudest in the bloodline, that makes you the fool. And then he looks over at Jay Uso. Jay Uso is looking at Roman Reigns, like, what? What, the, what, are, you, what are you talking about? Me. Jay, are you a fool? Jay didn't answer. So, Roman Reigns began talking, and all of a sudden, Sami Zayn stepped in and apologized for interrupting. Fans, loud reaction for Sami Zayn tonight. So, Heyman, as soon as Sami Zayn gets in there and apologizes for interrupting, he does interrupt and apologize. Paul Heyman said, are you out of your mind interrupting the tribal chief? Sami said Roman told him Friday... That Jay isn't his problem anymore, but rather Sammy's problem now. So Sammy's basically telling Roman, listen, you told me on Friday Night Smackdown that Jay Uso is my problem, not your problem. So I'm happy to take care of that for you so you don't have to worry about this. Roman Reigns stood there with a angry expression on his face. And then he starts smiling. And he starts laughing at Sami Zayn. He really is an honorary oos. He's all yours. He's all yours. Roman goes to the corner with Paul Heyman and he's leaning against the ropes. His night is done. He doesn't have to worry about anything. So, Sami said his behavior, he's talking to Jay Uso, he says his behavior hasn't been very, uh, very oosy lately. So this is what he does. Sammy went over to Solo. Sammy went over to Solo, who stood there with his arms crossed and he's just no-selling everything. Sammy says he's serious, but he's also kind of cool. Jimmy, Jimmy is cool. Jimmy smiled and Sammy said, who doesn't like Jimmy Uso? Who doesn't like Jimmy Uso, man? We're all pretty cool in the bloodline, Sammy said. We just need you, Jay. To be cool. Do you think you could be cool? Jay asks Roman. Jay didn't even acknowledge Sammy at this point. Jay sidesteps Sammy, looks over at Roman. Oos, are you serious? Are you trolling me right now? Is this a joke? He said, "Their are family. What is going on? Sammy interrupted him again and said, listen, I don't want to be that guy. And all of a sudden, the segment was ruined. Matt Riddle comes out, and I have no problem with Matt Riddle. I'm a fan of Matt Riddle. But Matt Riddle comes out, seemingly interrupting the segment, and in my honest opinion, ruined the flow of the segment. Riddle says that they're talking about last Friday, but they should be talking about this past Saturday where he beat Seth Rollins in the fight pit. I don't know what he has to do with the bloodline now. I know he had something to do with the bloodline with Randy Orton, and and what his win over Seth Rollins has to do with anything here. So he comes out and he talks about his win over Seth Rollins in the middle of official bloodline business. I don't really get this. So he said he knows there's a stipulation in place right now, as long as Roman is the champion, that he can't face Roman for the championship again. But he asked for one more shot. Roman said, Brooklyn, should we give him one more chance tonight? He waited a little bit and he said, nah, 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 we're not gonna give him a championship match. He said he should stay in the back of the line like everybody else. Riddle asked, if one of his bloodline bros will step up, fans started chanting for Sammy. So this obviously tickled Jay Uso, and Jay Uso was actually happy about this because I thought Sammy was gonna make a reference to Jay Uso. Yeah, Jay Uso is gonna step up and wrestle Matt Riddle. But we've seen that a thousand fucking times already. We don't want to see that again. So Sammy, scold, not, not like we haven't seen Roman or rather Riddle and Sammy uh, a thousand fucking times, but I'd rather see Sammy and Riddle than uh, Jay Uso and Matt Riddle. But Sammy said, yes, I, I will take this responsibility. Sammy scolded Riddle for saying yeet. Everybody was chanting yeet in the chat. Or in the, in the arena. In, in the chat, too. I just seen you guys going on a, on a Yeet rant. Um, he said, that's a bloodline thing. Please stop saying Yeet. Fans began chanting Yeet. Riddle said Yeet again. Jay said Riddle just re- disrespected you, Sammy. He disrespected you. you're going to take that? So Jay is egging Sammy on to take this match. Sammy said, yes, I accept. And Riddle said, good. I accept, too. So this all started over... Matt Riddle disrespecting the bloodline by saying what they say, and that is ye. And that's the way the segment came to a close. This segment was trending towards great up until Matt Riddle came out. I honestly feel like Matt Riddle deflated the entire segment. I get that Matt Riddle was sent out there to pretty much set up what was the main event of the show, the last match of the night on Monday Night Raw But there had to be a better way to go about getting there than building this match off of yeet and Matt Riddle angering Sami Zayn of the bloodline for saying yeet. And I've already said yeet way too many times for this one individual review. I did feel like Riddle deflated the segment, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to Matt Riddle. I mean that in a way... Talking about bloodline business. We are all so invested in bloodline business that Jay Uso and Sami Zayn have been the two most captivating characters on WWE TV with what's going on right now in the bloodline. We all see where this is going. And we got, before Riddle came out, the next phase of Jay Uso and Sami Zayn. And Matt Riddle put a stop to that. I think we are all anticipating the next phase of this, and we're all anticipating the further, I guess, deterioration of the relationship with the bloodline and Sami Zayn, that we want to see this move forward. And I know we have to be patient, and I know we have to be vigilant in this. We're going to get there, and the time is going to be right, and Sami is going to be the biggest fucking babyface in the entire company when this is all said and done. But I feel like everybody was so invested in what was going on that, honestly, it felt like a pin popping a balloon in that segment when Matt Riddle came out. Not that it was a bad segment, but Matt Riddle didn't really do any favors to the overall feeling of the opening of Raw. Now, Roman Reigns stepping aside and letting Jay Uso take care of this is also another factor that kind of takes it to the next level. Sami Zayn is going to eventually upset Roman Reigns. And Jey Uso is trying to tell the bloodline, I don't trust this guy. This guy isn't us. Look at him fail. So now when Sami Zayn, all these weeks, wanted to become an honorary Uso, he wanted to be accepted by the bloodline, and Jey Uso was giving him a hard time, Roman embraced him, and Roman gave him the title personally. Now, Jay Uso, now the story is Jay Uso is going to do anything he can to make Sami Zayn look bad. And he's going to try and get back in Roman Reigns' good graces. Now, the whole thing tonight is, with the match between Riddle and Sami Zayn, the one thing that Roman said is, you better ensure that Sami Zayn wins tonight. Jay Uso is going to be reamed for this as well. Mark my words, Sami Zayn losing tonight is not going to be blamed on Sami Zayn. Roman Reigns is all over the place. He sees everything. He's going to know, and it's going to get back to him, that Jey Uso did not follow instructions. He held Jimmy Uso back, and Sami Zayn lost when Roman said, Sami Zayn needs to win this match. It is your job to ensure him that he wins. And he did not. So the further deterioration of the relationship with Jay Uso and Roman Reigns is going to happen. Sami Zayn is going to look like the good guy here. And everybody's waiting for that one moment when Sami Zayn has the utmost top priority responsibility and he lets everybody down. And it's going to be that one moment. Don't know what it's going to be. A championship match, war games, we don't know. That's going to prove Jay Uso to be right. And that's what everybody's hoping for. And when we get that beatdown of Sami Zayn, the crowd is going to be so sympathetic towards Sami Zayn that it's going to be absolutely the most, I don't want to say the biggest babyface turn in all of WWE, but it's going to be one of the biggest babyface turns that we've seen of the modern era. And that's where it is, right? Sami Zayn is getting reactions that rival his time in NXT. He's never experienced anything like this on the main roster. Right now, he's the most over babyface on the entire roster. He is right now at the peak of his WWE main roster run, and he may be the most interesting character in all of pro wrestling. I love this. But Matt Riddle didn't really do this segment any favors. Johnny Gargano. He went one-on-one with Austin Theory, and this has been weeks in the making. And we finally got their first one-on-one match in WWE. Being that this is the first match of the night, I listened and I sat through hour one, I sat through hour two, I sat through hour three. And your opinion may be different than mine. But I want to mention it here, otherwise I'm going to forget because in all honesty, I would rather like to forget what I heard Kevin Patrick is the new voice of WWE. I had no problem with him whatsoever on Raw Talk. I had no problem with him whatsoever on the kickoff shows. I had no problem with him at all in a backstage interviewer capacity. Kevin Patrick tonight did an abysmal job as play-by-play commentator for Monday Night Raw. So much so that Corey Graves, thank God Corey Graves was there, Corey Graves was basically the anchor that saved this ship for Monday Night Raw as far as the commentary is concerned. Now, I get it. It's week one. It's week one. If people are going to zing me on my opinion after one week with the argument of, well, well, you got to give it a chance. You got to give it at least a month. Listen, if I taste something for the first time and I don't like it, I'm not going to try it Next week, and the week after that, and the week after that. The more you ask me to, to, to taste it, I'm not going to want it even more. I've already tasted it, and I told you I did not like it. I've already heard him, and I'm going to tell you I don't like it. He does not embody what Monday Night Raw needs as a play-by-play voice. Corey Graves is great at what he does, but he's not a play-by-play commentator. He is a color commentator. He is there to accent the play-by-play. He is there to add color to the play-by-play. Corey Graves basically was play-by-play and color commentary tonight because Kevin Patrick did not accentuate what was going on in the ring. He didn't add anything to the discussion. He didn't call moves in the ring. He didn't do anything. He sounded as lifeless as anybody I've ever heard on commentary. You know, when he speaks, people think that he's enthusiastic and he's exciting. That's not enthusiastic and exciting to me. That's not. This is going to be an utter failure on commentary. And I don't mean that for everything the guy does, he's just not cut out for it. It's like Renee Young. WWE, Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard put Renee Young on commentary, and she sucked. That doesn't mean Renee Young is just awful at everything she does. She's just not cut out for that at all. Kevin Patrick is not cut out for commentary. I don't know who made this decision and gave him the role, but I think whoever listened to this show tonight is probably second-guessing themselves on why they put him in that position. WWE has had a very difficult time finding a voice on Monday Night Raw, and this guy is not it at all. Makes me wonder why they let Tom Phillips go. Why did they let Tom Phillips go? I don't get it. Tom Phillips is over there on... uh... (laughs) Oh, my God, man. Tom Phillips is doing commentary for uh, Impact. Oh my God, man. Yo, yeah, how many people? How many people watched Victory Row? What was it? Bound for Glory, How many people watched Bound for Glory, man? On uh, on Friday night, they went head to head with SmackDown. And how many people watched Bound for Glory, man? Wow, wow, wow. 15. 15 people. Wow, man. That's so much more than the 12 last week. Nobody watches Impact. Fucking geeks. Why'd you let Tom Phillips go? Somebody they calling commentary in front of fucking nine people every week. Makes you wonder. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, nobody watches me, Pact. Give me a break. People still ask me to this day, oh, why don't you review who Nah. in fact? No. Sorry, I got better things to do, like drink my old fashions in my mother's basement on Thursday night. Not talking about shit wrestling. Give me a break. Anyway, Kevin Patrick sucks. That's all I got to say on that. Okay? If you enjoyed him, that's your cup of tea, man. Don't serve me that shit at all. I don't want it. I need a refund. Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory.
1: There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed.
0: Johnny Gargano and Brooklyn is self-explanatory. Last time we saw Johnny Gargano in Brooklyn, he was in one of the greatest, with a real fucking commentator, in one of the greatest WWE matches of all time. Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, two out of three falls for the NXT Championship. with the real commentator behind the microphone, in Moro Ronaldo and Nigel McGuinness on color commentary. If you guys don't know what a real commentary team sounds like, maybe you should go back and re-watch that one. Seriously. Kevin Patrick is nowhere near a Moro M- Ranallo. Not many people are. Johnny Gargano in Brooklyn for the first time since that. Love it. Absolutely love it. i, I-, I seen Barclays. i seen Johnny. I'm like, oh, man, that match. That match is fucking... Absolutely brilliant in every sense of the word. So, this match only went nine minutes. I can imagine that this is not over by a long shot. I'm sure they'll have something to do with each other at the Survivor Series. Theory controlled through an early break. So, we got really about, I don't know, four minutes of this on TV. There were picture-in-picture commercial breaks tonight. Um, He suplexed Gargano onto the apron. Theory applied the Gargano escape or uh, Gar- Gargano escaped and applied the Gargano escape because, I mean, it's his own move. And Kevin Patrick actually said, which was one of the things uh, that he said that made the most sense tonight, believe it or not. He said, uh, yes, Johnny Gargano's got the Gargano escape applied on him. That's his own finishing move. If there's anybody that knows a way out of the Gargano escape, it's Johnny Gargano. Wow, well, Kevin Patrick. Well, what, a, what a fucking genius you are, man. How, where'd you go to commentary school, bro? I'd love to know. So, he got out of his own move, Theory escaped, and hit a superkick. Gargano came back with his own superkick, suicide dive into a DDT, followed by the one final beat for the one two three, and that was it. That was it. Johnny Gargano beats Austin Theory. Nothing else after that, and it was pretty self-explanatory. Pretty self-explanatory, man, clean. One, two, three, Johnny Gargano wins. Uh, Austin Theory can't find a victory on WWE television, man. He can't buy a fucking victory in the Triple H administration. Is this Triple H burying Austin Theory? Probably not. Probably not. Austin Theory doesn't really have any, any plans factored in for himself on WWE television. There's so much other shit going on right now. And he's holding a briefcase for a title that he is absolutely not going to win. So I don't know what's going on here. And the fact that everybody sees him. I guess this is the Vince McMahon mentality still kind of being adopted in the Triple H administration. If people see Austin Theory carrying around the Money in the Bank briefcase, then, you know, I guess that means people see him as the number one contender of sorts for the world championship. But a loss, a loss, a loss, a loss every fucking week is not going to really make him look good when he inevitably cashes that in or maybe he just cashes in and loses to whomever the champion is, just adding on top of the losses he's already uh, accumulated thus far. Or maybe he puts the briefcase on the line and loses the fucking briefcase and we don't have to worry about Austin Theory holding around a fucking contract for the world title. But this guy can't buy a fucking victory. I've seen people... Floating around the question, is Austin Theory being buried on WWE television by Triple H? Why would he? Why would he? Austin Theory was hired by Triple H. So why would Austin Theory be buried by the same guy that brought him into the company? What logic does that make? Austin Theory was Triple H's before Austin Theory was Vince McMahon's. Give me a break. Austin Theory will be fine. How old is he? 24? 23, 24 years old, and you're worried about him being buried All right, the guy hasn't even started his fucking career yet. Gargano wins in about eight minutes. Chad Gable. He went one-on-one with Rey Mysterio. No problem with Chad Gable on my television at all. Rey Mysterio. I think this is the most interest we've had in Rey Mysterio in many, many, many years with what's going on right now with Judgment Day and his son, Dominic. So, they showed the actor from The Young Rock, uh, Uli Latu Kifu. I probably butchered his name. I don't really give a shit one way or another. But he plays Young Rock on the series about the life of Dwayne Johnson. He was there front row waving in front of the crowd. I said to myself, it's pretty interesting, WWE. Now, I know this is an NBCU thing and... You know, USA Network is NBCU, so obviously they want to cross-promote, but they could have cross-promoted any fucking show. They want to cross-promote Young Rock. So what does this mean? Is this a clue? Is this a little uh, Easter egg, a little crumb to let the fans know, uh, hey, we're going into Survivor Series, and before you know it, we'll be at or around the Royal Rumble. We're going to let people know that Young Rock, we're going to mention Rock on television Because Dwayne is coming back to WWE TV. Is this an Easter egg for Roman Reigns and Dwayne Johnson at WrestleMania in Los Angeles? I don't know. Just out of the blue, we're getting advertisements for Young Rock. Even though it's an NBCU thing, I just find that WWE could have did this any fucking week. Now they want to start on the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. So he's there waving in front of the crowd, and Rey Mysterio is out there. Chad Gable's out there. We get this one-on-one match. Ray took control. And I mean, these two guys can have a killer match at, at, at any point. These two could have a great banger match. But Ray took control and was in control of the match. And all of a sudden, Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio come out to stand in the corner of Chad Gable. So Ripley wore an armband that said Beth on it. For Beth Phoenix. She absolutely destroyed Beth Phoenix at Extreme Rules. And I said this on Twitter, man, on Sunday afternoon. All I seen were people complaining about the match with Edge and Finn Balor at Extreme Rules. The one criticism that people were harping on, and I don't really understand why, is that the match went 29 minutes People were like, oh, you could shave 20 minutes off of this thing and it would have accomplished the same thing without ending. <laughs> These people are fucking dummies. Checkmarks, legit names in the community complaining that Edge of all fucking people and Finn Balor of all fucking people went 29 minutes at Extreme Rules. Checkmarks and notable fucking people in the community complaining about wrestling on a wrestling show. My mind was like fucking blown at these retarded takes on social media. I'm sorry. What did you sign up for? Did you sign up for the ballet? The fuck you think you're watching? You're watching a pro wrestling program. And by the way, How long do you think Edge has left as an active in-ring performer and you're complaining about him going out there for 30 minutes and telling a fucking fantastic story? You should be ashamed of your fucking self. Give me a fucking break. Everything about that match was fucking perfect. The slowness of the beginning leading to the middle with that fucking high-octane ending and the fucking heat that was on that ending. Of all the things on that show, that's the one thing you complained about. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Notable fucking websites complaining about this shit. And you know who they are. Anyway, she's out there with an armband that said Beth. I'm sure we'll see Beth sometime. Maybe we get Rhea Ripley and Beth Phoenix at Crown Jewel. That's a big enough match for the ladies there if you want to do it. Ray went for a dive. He was caught by Otis, but Ray slipped away, drove him into the ring post. Ray then gave Gable a 619 springboard splash. That was pretty much it. It was what happened after the match. Dominic wanted Ray to hit him. He's out there with Rhea Ripley. Ray instead fought off the rest of Judgment Day. Ray went for a 619 on Damian Priest, but Dom clotheslined him. So once again, Dom puts hands on his own father. So, Ray is in there with Dom, and Dom is once again begging his father to hit him. Hit me, hit me, hit me. You know you want him. Ray instead fought off the rest of Judgment Day, like I said. Ray went to leave, so Dom shoved him from behind. Ripley held Ray against the ropes, so Dom could hit a 619. Dom stood over Ray, and they went to commercial break. So we get back from commercial break and we see Ray after the commercial break, after uh, the segment was over, Ray sitting on the ring apron, crying, crying about his son and the fact that his son doesn't love him anymore because he's been manipulated by Rhea Ripley and Judgment Day. This is the most interesting Ray Mysterio has been in fucking years. And this is gonna be a great storyline because. It's going to pull on the heartstrings of the casual audience. Everybody loves Rey Mysterio. There's not one single person here that could willingly tell me that they hate Rey Mysterio. If you do, you're a liar. There's no reason to dislike Rey Mysterio. This is going to pull on the heartstrings of the casual audience. And it's a great mainstream storyline going into what I hope is a WrestleMania match between both of them. And then after that, Dominic learns his fucking lesson. Ray and Dominic at WrestleMania is the story and the match that needs to be told. And I hope that's where they're going. I I hope so. What you're watching right now is the beginning stages of long-term booking. This was great. Judgment Day, after Rey Mysterio was seen crying live on camera, we get Judgment Day in the middle of the ring. Ripley bragged about what they did And Priest then congratulated Balor for handling business at Extreme Rules against Edge. Balor says, when you come at Finn, you best not miss. Balor says he ended Edge's return party and stopped the celebration. I'm the one who pissed on y'all's parade because I made Edge say the words, I quit. He asked Dominic what he made Edge say. Dominic said, Edge said, I quit. He then asked the same thing to Priest, and then he said he made Edge say, I quit. Bella then said, I'm too legit to quit. Bella threw a clip of what happened at Extreme Rules. After the clip, everyone in the ring started laughing. Ripley says, what she did to Beth Phoenix was just a fraction of what she's capable of. Dominic then took the microphone, and the fans rained down booze on Dominic Mysterio. Balor told the fans to shut up. The booze got louder. He said that watching Beth get concertoed did it for me. And he said it did it for the fans as well. He says his favorite part other than 619-ing his father was seeing the pathetic and devastating look on his face. He said he felt as useless and helpless as he's made him feel his entire life. The heat that Dominic Mysterio is getting, the fact that he hasn't really been in a wrestling role and he's just there as a figure and a background player in Judgment Day, it is doing him wonders. People would kill. People in this industry that are on TV right now would kill for a tenth of the reaction that Dominic Mysterio is getting for just basically standing there, shoving his father around and being next to Rhea Ripley, who in some weird fucking... Fascinating fantasy by the pro wrestling geeks out there, you know, the neckbeards out there that think that they have a shot shot with Rhea Ripley. They're upset at Dominic Mysterio because of the relationship on screen with Rhea Ripley. This is great. I love everything about this. I said this on social media. Look at Judgment Day now and look at Judgment Day three months ago. It is legitimately night and day. Triple H's version of Judgment Day and Vince McMahon's version of Judgment Day could not be any more different. This is great stuff. They are one of the best things, if not the best thing, about Monday Night Raw. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Every single one of them is operating at their best. Damian Priest has never looked better. He's never sounded better. He sounds so much more confident on the microphone now than he did three months ago. Finn Balor, not a great promo, never was a great promo, but there's no fucking way you can tell me that that man doesn't own being a heel. He loves, you can sense and feel like he enjoys what he's doing right now. He's having a good time. Rhea Ripley, she hasn't wrestled in a very long time, but she's got that role that she's playing right now down perfect. She is the enforcer of the group. Some people consider her the leader of the group. People look at her as the China of Judgment Day, and that is very high praise. She's killing it. And Dominic, just by association, because everybody else is over with acts like what we saw at Extreme Rules with Edge saying I quit because Judgment Day beat up his wife. That's some fucking sick shit. That is some deplorable heel tactics. And that's exactly what is going to get Judgment Day over. And it's done the trick. This is fantastic fucking shit. I could not be any more happy with Judgment Day. There were rumors about spooky and fucking supernatural shit. Thank Christ that was not ever brought to television. And everybody was like, nobody knew Vince McMahon was going to retire. Everybody was like, this group is dead in the water. Vince is never going to do anything with these guys. And we were all right. Triple H, though, loves Finn Balor, loves Rhea Ripley, loves Damian Priest. Where the fuck do you think they all came from? They came from NXT. All of them were black and gold. So, of course, he's going to give them the stage and the platform to get this shit over. And now we're looking at a situation where Edge leaving Judgment Day might have been bad in the Vince McMahon era. And Edge somehow, I don't want to take anything away from Judgment Day but this goes to show you how great Edge is. Edge is so fucking good at what he's doing right now. Rey Mysterio is so good at what he's doing that they are getting Judgment Day to the, to the level that they need to be at just because of who they are and the roles that they're playing in this with Judgment Day. It's amazing. It is truly amazing. This is why I love this sport so much. This is why I fucking hated. Vince McMahon in charge. Vince McMahon, we owe Vince McMahon our childhood, but the man clearly didn't know what the fuck he was doing anymore. Triple H is giving us simple, logical stories and advancing characters, and that is now working in Judgment Day's favor. How can anybody be upset with that? And I still find it funny how people tell me, oh, there's no change. This is change. This right here, what I just said for the last five minutes is fucking change. This is Monday Night Raw different than what it was three, three and a half months ago. Balor then turns his attention next to AJ Styles. He says, Uncle Alan, AJ Styles. He says he's just about to run out of mercy for Styles, so he hopes he has reconsidered. Styles is out there, and uh, Finn Balor wants to issue an ultimatum. So Styles asked Balor, if after all the time they've known each other, it's come down to this. Balor says he's making it harder than it has to be. Styles says, listen, I'm not here to argue with you. He put his hand on Balor's shoulder, and he said to Finn, Finn, you're right. You're right. Everything you said was right. He says he's been alone too long, and there comes a point in a man's life When he needs friends, in my case, I need family. He needs family. And we know Finn and AJ were linked back in New Japan. The Bullet Club. They are Bullet Club for life. So he gets down on one knee. He kneels in front of Balor. Balor smiles and offered a handshake to help Styles stand. Styles and Balor embrace and they hug in the middle of the ring Balor then says he's so proud of him and knew he'd finally come around. Styles, the camera focused on Styles and it got a little sinister or a little angry, right? Like he's got revenge in his eyes. I wasn't talking about you. Oh, what's going on here? Who's he talking about then? Out comes Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. The Good Brothers, the OC, the original club, is back in WWE. Fans chanted, holy shit, a big brawl broke out with everybody. Styles tackled Balor over the announce desk. Ripley pulled Dominic over the barricade so that nothing would happen to him. Anderson went after them. Styles, Anderson, and Gallows surrounded Balor. Balor fled like a scalded dog and ran away up the stage where where he was met with the rest of Judgment Day as AJ, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson are in the ring here on Monday Night Raw. This was fucking great. Now, I'm not a fan of the antics, or I should say, let me rephrase that. I wasn't a fan of the antics of Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows on the indies. A lot of immature dick jokes, sex jokes. They acted like a bunch of drunken teenagers, which is fine. They could do that. It's what they did, and people enjoy that. Some people enjoy that. Now that they're back in WWE, they're not going to be able to do that. It's all business now. I'm all for people getting a second chance. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because this was something that I really made a big issue several years ago. When AJ Styles first came into the WWE and we got that AJ Styles pop at the Royal Rumble when he first debuted, and then they set him up with a program with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns had just won the WWE Championship from Triple H at WrestleMania 32. As soon as Roman Reigns won the WWE Championship, that following night on Monday Night Raw, It should have been Roman Reigns in the center of that ring with AJ Styles and with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. We should have seen this happen then. We should have seen this happen then. Roman was still a part of the Shield. The Shield was still kind of, you know, hanging about, right? It should have been AJ Styles, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson versus Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose. That should have been the big money feud, back during that time. And they did not do anything with these guys on the roster. They wasted them away. I remember when we first saw them debut in WWE, they attacked the fucking Usos. WWE never did anything with them. They made them into a joke. They were never a serious threat. They were used as mid-card fodder. It was disgusting. And then they got fired after just signing five-year deals. They let them go, for whatever reason. More than likely making too much money. They were expendable. Vince said, screw it. I don't have any interest in these guys anymore, and goodbye. Now they're back together on WWE television because Triple H is quickly assembling one hell of a fucking tag team division. I don't know if you noticed this, but look at the tag teams right now in WWE. If Triple H, hopefully has any plans to revitalize the tag team division, he's certainly doing a damn good fucking job with all these fucking factions on television. Either that, or we're getting trios championships at some point. This entire fucking company is loaded with trios and damn good ones at that. Now, I don't know what's going on. First order of business is to do, let's get the unified tag team titles back in a place where there's one set of titles. We don't need all these championships floating around on WWE television. The more titles there are, the less that they have meaning. But my God, man, if you are not potentially talking about a trios championship in WWE with all the trios that have been lined up, I don't know, man. You might not have fucking blood pulsing through your veins. The teams that are in WWE right now that are part of a faction are fucking great. It's faction warfare, and I love every bit of it. I didn't like it at first in AEW. I'm like, why are there all these factions? Now we're going on year four of AEW, and I don't even think that's an issue anymore. But WWE was in such a dark state as far as tag team wrestling is concerned. Why would I do anything but praise this shit? I love it. So they are back. The club is back. Styles has backup. Probably going to factor this into Survivor Series. We could see AJ, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, Rey Mysterio, and, and, and um, Rey Mysterio and Edge. Edge, Rey Mysterio, and the club versus Judgment Day. Who's in Judgment Day? Rhea Ripley, obviously not going to have a factor in that match, right? We got. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. I wonder how we're going to get into Survivor Series with this. Finn might have to go and enlist two more people for Judgment Day for this to work at Survivor Series. How that's going to work out, I don't know. So we will see what's going on, but Survivor Series definitely got a lot more interesting with Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson back in WWE. Now, WWE actually had interest and Gallows and Anderson, while they were still under impact deals, Anderson and Gallows showed up with AJ Styles tonight, and they appeared to reform a Bullet Club-like faction in WWE. Carl Anderson is still the active never open weight champion for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Anderson and Gallows had indicated to Fightful that WWE had interest in them as early as this summer when they were still under impact wrestling deals. The two were very transparent about their interest towards the end of their impact wrestling contracts, which ended up going a month longer than expected. Now, Fightful did ask if Anderson and Gallows still have plans to work New Japan Pro Wrestling dates, and we'll update when we have an answer. We were originally told, says Fightful, that Gallows and Anderson were committed to work with New Japan through Wrestle Kingdom. Last we heard, they did not have contracts. We were told today that WWE had tons of people backstage, which included Brock Lesnar, Vincent and Dutch of the Righteous, Von Wagner, Carmelo Hayes, Maurice, and more. In addition, Fightful were told that WWE at least threw around the idea of trying to get Billy Gunn as well for tonight's Raw DX celebration. So this was a big deal. Tonight was a big show. wwe but anderson and gallows are back on WWE television alongside aj styles we will see how this plays out going into survivor series it will be definitely interesting uh, for whatever's to come at survivor series whether rhea ripley beth phoenix get involved we don't know but it's an interesting dynamic to say the least now as far as the never open weight championship and carl anderson I don't know what's going on there. It may just be a situation where New Japan gave them their blessing. Go and sign with WWE. You have our championship, and then we expect you to go and drop the championship when we need you to. So Triple H has always been open. Triple H has always been open to the idea of a forbidden door. He's always been open to the aspect of or idea of working with other promotions. So if he courted Carl Anderson and Lou Gallows to come back to WWE, knowing that Carl Anderson was holding IWGP championship gold, I don't think that bothered Triple H at all, as long as he got what he wanted. So WWE is now in good standing with New Japan because of Triple H uh, being in charge. And now Triple H is allowing Carl Anderson to continue possibly Working New Japan, maybe it's a one-shot deal. He's going to go back over there and drop the title. Maybe he allows him to work the New Japan Wrestle Kingdom show. I I don't know. I don't expect anything but Triple H to try and get in with New Japan in some way, shape, or form. He wants those relationships. Triple H never shied away from those relationships. Triple H had New Japan presence on NXT with Jushin Thunder Liger wrestling uh, Prince Pretty at a takeover in Brooklyn. Tyler Breeze. He's not afraid of opening that forbidden door. He's not. It makes me wonder about AEW's relationship with New Japan. New Japan can't work with WWE and then work with AEW at the same time, or maybe they can, I don't know. I know Tony Khan's not going to like that. Tony Khan's not going to like that at all. But that's none of our business. That's not really an issue right now. The issue is... Let's see this play out. Carl Anderson is is holding New Japan gold. We'll see if he drops it and then goes exclusive with WWE. WWE doesn't like people under contract working other places and working big-time matches like that. They don't want somebody that they've contracted getting injured off of their watch. So it's a very interesting situation. We'll keep an eye on it, but right now he is. And the discussion is he is holding IWGP championship gold. But I like that they're back, and I think they complement AJ Styles very well. Let's check the chat, man. We got 3,500 people in here. Thank you, guys, so very much, man. That is awesome. I appreciate you guys. Hit that thumbs up. Get those super chats in. And if you guys want to get some memberships in, I'd love to get you a member or get you to be a member. We got emotes and badges, brand new emotes now live in the live stream chat. We go backstage with Byron Saxton. He is sitting down with Bailey, interviewing Bailey before her match with Candice LeRae. Byron Saxton asks Bailey if Extreme Rules was a setback for Damage Control's plan to take over the women's division. Bailey was not really listening to Byron Saxton. She was daydreaming or staring off into the distance, not listening to Byron. I don't blame her. Dakota Kai said she was at rock bottom. And Bailey was the only one to reach out and help her. Dakota says she would do anything for Bailey and EO. She asked if Alexa Bliss, Bianca Belair, or Asuka would be that loyal to each other. Dakota says they won't stop until Bailey gets the gold she rightfully deserves. Sky was whispering in Dakota's ear. Bailey smiled and said, I'm going to go kick Candace LeRae's ass. She got up, took her microphone off, and she went to the ring to go wrestle Candace LeRae. So the match went eight minutes. Bailey and Candace LeRae. We got Chad Gable and Rey Mysterio. That went eight minutes earlier. Austin Theory and Johnny Gargano. That went about eight or nine minutes. So we were not getting the 15, 16 minute bangers that Triple H was giving us. This was a loaded show tonight. So. He kind of dumbed down the long, the long wrestling matches tonight and gave us eight, nine-minute matches. It's not two or three minutes. You can't really get your shit in in two, and three, two or three minutes. But everybody got at least eight or nine minutes tonight outside of Riddle and Sami Zayn. So, Bailey, she walked out there. She was kind of deflated, coming out of Extreme Rules, losing to Bianca Belair. We saw clips of the latter match at Saturday's Extreme Rules. Bailey took it to Candice, and she was in control through most of the commercial break. And this was also most of it happening in the commercial break. Lerae was being beaten down. She then made a comeback when we came back from commercial break, and Bailey took over again. Lerae scored a three count with a surprise roll up out of nowhere. And she beats Bailey on Monday Night Raw after Bailey lost to Bianca Belair at Saturday's Extreme Rules pay per view in the latter match. So Bailey loses again, and Damage Control loses again. So Larey was celebrating. Sky and Kai attacked her in the aisleway after they ran down. Bailey was out there by herself. They triple teamed her in the ring. Belair ran out to make the save. She was outnumbered and quickly taken out. Bailey leapt off the second rope and dropped an elbow to the back of Belair, who was laying on her stomach. Bailey yelled, "I built this place," and that was the end of the segment. So, Candice LeRae gets a win. That's okay. Candice LeRae is going to need some wins if she's going to be on Monday Night Raw, kind of ingraining herself in the women's division. But it also looks like they want to keep the Bianca Belair and Bailey feud going. I don't know when we're going to get the next match. We may get it at Crown Jewel uh, if we're lucky, but Bailey losing in Extreme Rules and then again tonight is not really a... Two things. It's not really good for damage control because the group right now is ice fucking cold. Nobody takes them seriously, and the fact that they keep losing is not really helping them get any better or change the opinion of the fan watching damage control. You can't keep losing. They're the tag team champions, EO and Dakota. Losing, losing, losing. Singles matches, losing. Bailey lost to Candace to the tonight. She lost to Bianca Belair on Saturday night. If they're going to continue losing, nobody's going to take them serious. Bailey lost Saturday. She wasn't pinned, but she lost. And I don't want to hear that, oh, well, it's a ladder match, blah, blah, blah. Bailey had damage control come out and try and help, and Bianca beat three women. She beat EO, she beat Dakota, and she beat Bailey in the match to retain the title. So Bailey lost to Bianca three on one, and Bailey loses tonight in a surprise clean roll up from Candice LeRae. How is that going to get Bianca, Bella, and Bailey to another match? If Bailey lost on Saturday three on one and lost again clean tonight, that doesn't really make a good case for Bailey getting another Raw Women's Championship match. All it says to me is that she's a loser. And I don't know where we're going with this. I said, maybe we'll wait till war games to see how things play out. Maybe things will change for the damage control girls in war games. We might not even make it to war games. They may be dead before we get to war games. I don't know how they're going to reinvigorate this group. I don't know how they're going to get this group in the eyes of the fans to be a little bit more serious. I don't know. I don't know. Right now, it's three against four. You got Candice, you got Bianca, you got Asuka, and you got Alexa. Right now, it's four on three. Are they going to add another to the babyface side? Are they going to add another to damage control? Two to damage control? I don't know. I have no idea. Very interesting situation going on with with damage control and this entire idea that that these two teams are going to be in war games. Is it going to just remain this way? Are we going to get one added to damage control? Are we going to get another added to the babyface team? Two added to damage control, which I can see being Bailey aligning herself with Sasha and Naomi. I don't know. I don't know. But it's not a good look for Bailey and her team. Miz was backstage. And Miz is in a tuxedo. We are celebrating... For Ms.'s birthday, Maurice. Maurice was the talk of Monday Night Raw. Everybody was saying, Ms., Ms., Ms. is a lucky motherfucker. Ms. is a lucky motherfucker. Did you guys see what Maurice was wearing? Oh my goodness. That's all I will say. So she set this thing up. It's been months of preparation. Yeah, you may call him the mid, but he's anything but with a wife like that. I'll tell you that right now. Um, Months of preparation. And she's got all these plans for him. He's worried about he who shall not be named showing up. She promised him that nothing will happen. She gave him a gift. It was already wrapped up. He unwrapped it. It was a baseball bat. Miz loved it, and they made their way out to the ring. Marie stood in the ring, and it was all covered with balloons and a table full of gifts. Miz says what she did was great and made him feel really special. Miz made some baseball and basketball star references, obviously being in New York. He mentioned Aaron Judge. They then revealed two of the Miz's gifts, which were two huge balloons or these these balls with his face on it. And Maurice said, there you go. I got you massive balls to go with your baseball bat. Another, uh, Another cock and ball jokes here on Monday Night Raw. So Miz goes over to, as the fans are chanting tiny balls, Miz goes over to the table and lifts the box, right? Lifts the gift up, and he takes the gift off the table, and in the table is Dexter Loomis. His head is popping through the fucking table. He lifts the gift up, and in the gift was Dexter Loomis. So he starts smashing the table like it's whack-a-mole with the baseball bat. And he's trying to destroy the table because he's freaked out that Dexter Loomis is there. He tipped the table over, but Dexter Loomis was gone. All of a sudden, we see Dexter Loomis come up from behind the Miz. He goes around the ring. He comes up from behind the Miz. He puts the Miz in a sleeper. Miz inadvertently, and he missed her, and she went flying, and she missed the mark. What they tried to do here was, when Miz was put in the sleeper hold, he was supposed to be kicking and screaming, and he was supposed to kick Maurice face first into the cake that was on the table. So she floundered about and she missed half the fucking cake. It wasn't as cake-filled on Maurice's face as WWE would have liked. But you know that when that when there's a cake in the ring, it's going to end up on somebody. So Miz is in the sleeper hold, and he's kicking, and Maurice goes into the cake, and the Miz escapes. He escapes, he leaves the ring, and he runs away from the ring to the back, leaving his wife in the ring all alone with Dexter Loomis. So she looked over at Dexter Loomis, and he didn't do anything to Maurice. She rolled out of the ring. She flipped her hair, rolled out of the ring, and that was the end of that. Dexter Loomis then takes a knife that was on the table to cut the cake with. He takes the knife, and he pops these two huge rubber balls that Maurice got him, and they deflate. So he stabs one, he stabs the second one. He then takes the knife. He goes over to the table with the cake, cuts the cake. The fans are chanting, eat the cake, eat the cake. And he takes a piece of cake and he eats it. The fans cheer, and that's the way the segment goes off the air. Now, I don't know. I don't. I've said this for for weeks now, months now. Two months now with this. Where are we going? Is this going to amount to anything on WWE television? For two months now, this is eight weeks. We haven't gotten a reason why Dexter Loomis is here. We haven't gotten a reason why he's attacking The Miz. We don't have any clue or any information on what Dexter Loomis did with The Miz. Why Miz won't speak about it. Why he refuses to mention the guy's name. Nothing. Nothing. Two months. Every single week there's an attack by Dexter Loomis and we don't know why because Dexter Loomis doesn't fucking talk. Dexter Loomis doesn't speak. Dexter Loomis speaks with body language. Dexter Loomis speaks through artist renderings. He's an actual great painter. And cartoonist. Not one single fucking clue about what's going on. And honestly, I'm a Dexter Loomis guy. I think Dexter Loomis is great. I think Miz is really good in what he's doing here. But we don't know why. And two months of not knowing why is inexcusable. Now, you could sit there and say, oh, Dexter Loomis is playing Mercy the Buzzard, or Dexter Loomis is going to be a part of the Wyatt Six. Whoever these fucking people are gonna end up being, fine. But that doesn't really give us a reason as to why Dexter Loomis is on TV with no fucking answers about what he's doing and why he's doing what he's doing with the miss. It is inexcusable. So what we're doing now is next week, Dexter Loomis. The match was made. Road Dog. Oh, you didn't know. Road Dog made the match. I didn't know Road Dog could make matches on WWE Raw. Now I guess Triple H is giving him. Uh, whichever power he wants. Road Dog says next week it's going to be Miz versus Dexter Loomis. If Dexter Loomis loses, he's banished from WWE forever. If Dexter Loomis wins, Dexter Loomis gets a WWE contract. Miz says he will do whatever to get rid of Dexter Loomis, and he agreed to these terms. That doesn't really answer the question. So we'll see you next week. Dexter Loomis is going to have his first wrestling match after all of this against The Miz. If he loses, he's gone. If he wins, he gets a WWE contract. Where's Tommaso Ciampa? I don't know. I don't know where Tommaso Ciampa is. He just seemingly disappeared off of television. Did Tommaso Ciampa bring Dexter Loomis into WWE? Was Tommaso Ciampa the one letting him in the building? Where did he disappear to? All of a sudden, he was getting a huge push on Monday Night Raw, and you, you felt that Tommaso Ciampa narrative on Mo- on Monday Night Raw with Triple H and Josh. Tommaso Ciampa would have been a solid, solid act on the show if he didn't go away. He's been missing what, for now, five weeks now? Does he have something to do with Loomis? Does he have something to do with Bray Wyatt? I don't know. I don't know. The Bright Wyatt thing could be anybody. It could be Baron Corbin. It could be Liv Morgan. It could be uh, fucking... Some people were mentioning Grayson Waller. I don't know what Grayson Waller would have to do with Bray Wyatt. I don't know where the fuck that narrative came from. Bo Dallas is rumored to be coming back to the WWE. I'm sure we'll see him in the Wyatt Six or aligned with his brother in some way. Joe Gacy, T-Bar, Champa. We don't know. We don't know anything right now. But the fact that we haven't got any clues about Dexter Loomis is a little inexcusable. DX, they were backstage. They were with two jobbers and they were getting ready to go out there and face Omos, says Road Dog. Xbox says he feels sorry for them, but then assured them that they'll do fine. Road Dog says, Listen, there's two of you and one of him. Miz and Maurice approached DX and said, Listen, I got my deflated balls here. Where's Triple H? Michael says he knows Dexter Loomis and says he's a good guy. He says he doesn't just go after anyone, so you had to do something to piss him off. What is it? What did he do to Dexter Loomis? Miz says he didn't do anything, but he'd do anything to get rid of him. Road Dog says exactly what I said. Next week, Loomis loses, he's out. If Loomis wins, he gets a WWE contract, and that's that. It's on. Almost... Versus Joseph Torres and Robert Adam S, I believe his name was. I, I don't know. I don't know. We got these two guys out there. I don't know why.
1: The mighty old marsh.
0: <laughs> why? Why is Omos on TV? We need, if there's anybody, if there's anybody I could give a pink slip to in WWE, it would be Omos. Why is he on TV? Why do we need Omos on TV when, and I know there's some geek in the chat, uh, it's Omos. Why do we need Omos on TV when we have Braun Strowman? Can we just get that match out of the way and get Omos off of television? Please? Please? What a waste. Every fucking week he's beating two jobbers and two jobbers and two j- If you don't have a fucking plan with him, why waste our time with this two-minute, uneventful, useless garbage? He's already hit his ceiling. He's not going to get any better than what you see now. Some people, oh, he's got potential. He's got potential for what? Making me fucking angry on television. We got a video package of Bray Wyatt's return. You're going to relive it in full, says Corey Graves. That's mistake number one. WWE replayed the entire Bray Wyatt return from extreme rules. And I didn't really understand the logic behind all of this. You know, Monday Night Raw. Not too long ago. It might have been a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. They were sitting at less than 5,000 seats for the Barclays Center for tonight's Monday Night Raw. This was nowhere near a sellout. DX obviously aided in ticket sales and the season premiere aided in ticket sales and then Bray Wyatt pushed the ticket sales past $10,000 In less than two weeks, with the idea of Bray Wyatt being back and then obviously coming out of Extreme Rules, there were a frenzy of tickets just going out the door for tonight's Monday Night Raw. Bray Wyatt legitimately, because he returned on Saturday's Extreme Rules show, was a needle mover for WWE ticket sales in the New York City market tonight for Monday Night Raw at the Barclays Center. WWE had one of the biggest returns, possibly, of the last two decades happen on Saturday. And they refused to follow it up with a Bray Wyatt appearance, a Bray Wyatt promo, or some new vignette that furthers something along for the character or the planned direction for Bray Wyatt. This is how you lose good faith in your audience. Are we going to lose good faith in WWE? More than likely not. But you're really pushing the fans' buttons at that point. WWE coming out of Saturday absolutely needed to deliver something new, something that advanced Bright Wyatt, and they did not do that. We didn't get anything until the third hour of Monday Night Raw, which was nothing but a jumbled fucking mess Of a static TV-like promo with Bray Wyatt visibly seen in this static with his mask on saying whatever the fuck he said that was in some of the QR codes. Revel in what you know. I'm sorry. I don't need Bray Wyatt wearing his mask, which we saw on Saturday, giving us rehashed clues about what we've already seen via the QR codes in the weeks leading up to this. WWE took a big L tonight without delivering something new, something fresh, and something exciting for Bray Wyatt. There needed to be something in the lines of a clue about who these people are. Why are there funhouse human beings on Saturday night? Why are they spread out all across Philadelphia on Saturday show? Who is under the mask of Waylon, uh, not Waylon Mercy, Mercy the Buzzard, which is depicted after Waylon Mercy? Who is under the Abby the Witch mask? Who's under the fiend mask? Who's Huskis the pig? Who's the fucking rambling rabbit? Not a single fucking clue. WWE dropped the ball big time with this Monday Night Raw. And the fact that you had people pay specifically to see him based off what happened on Saturday night, and you don't deliver nothing but a static fucking vignette. That's WWE dropping the ball. Revel in what you are. Revel in what you know, revel in what you are. That's what they said. That's it. We got another QR code. WWE gave us another QR code. If you watch Monday Night Raw tonight, you may have noticed a WWE crew member sporting a QR code on the back of his shirt during a backstage segment which featured Miz and Maurice. Upon scanning the code, fans were directed to a video showing pieces of a jigsaw puzzle coming together to form Wyatt's new moth-slash-butterfly logo. With an instrumental version of he's got the whole world in his hands, playing in the background, you see the letters J-N-V also popping up on the screen. This is for 10-14-22. J is the 10th letter in the alphabet. N is the 14th letter in the alphabet, alphabet, and V is the 22nd letter in the alphabet. The date for Friday Night SmackDown, ten fourteen twenty-two 22 in New Orleans, Louisiana, which I guess is synonymous, you know, down in the bayou with Bray Wyatt. The Wyatt 6 logo was the last visual fans saw after Wyatt's return at Extreme Rules this past Saturday. Many fans believe the logo could be a sign of Wyatt forming his Wyatt 6 stable, which has been previously teased on social media. As noted earlier, the Wyatt logo is also the theme of new merchandise released uh, by WWE upon his comeback. Now, Wyatt did not physically appear on Raw this week. It's possible that he will be assigned to SmackDown going forward. However, a lot of superstars have been appearing on both brands since Triple H has taken over as WWE's creative. So it's too early to speculate on where Wyatt will be and what his home will be uh, on WWE television. Raw will, I I guess, give way to SmackDown. The announcement uh, of Bray Wyatt being on SmackDown did come during the show. With Wyatt, you could hear him audibly saying, revel in what you are through a cryptic video message with static, And SmackDown will get Bray Wyatt on Friday night. Now, I feel the way I do about Monday Night Raw. But they want you to watch SmackDown. I think everybody at this point is going to end up watching SmackDown. But I want you guys to understand why Bray Wyatt was not on Monday Night Raw tonight and why they opted to go with the tease. Now, I could be upset that they didn't deliver coming off of that tremendous return of Bray Wyatt and Seemingly fans are going to be unhappy. They were excited. They were expecting him and yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, WWE never advertised Bray Wyatt for Monday Night Raw. So you could sit there and you could be upset with Triple H. You could be upset with WWE. WWE never advertised Bray Wyatt for Monday Night Raw. Everybody took it upon themselves to think, whoa, look at this great debut that did over fucking 10 million views in like five hours on social media. Right on, on YouTube. Here Bray Wyatt is with this tremendous return. He's definitely going to be on Monday Night Raw. No. WWE never said that. You went out and assumed he will be on Monday Night Raw. I went out and assumed he would be on Monday Night Raw. So you can't get mad at anybody but yourself. Now, why didn't he show up on Monday Night Raw? Look at what they did on Monday Night Raw tonight. They had DX. Even though they didn't play a huge part in the show, it's still... Triple H, X-Pac, Shawn Michaels, and Road Dog. It is the 25th anniversary of Degeneration generation X. It was also on the same show that Brock Lesnar made a return in New York City to set up a huge program with Bobby Lashley. It was also on a show that had Roman Reigns and the Bloodline be a huge pa- uh, impact on the show. It was also on a show that saw a major title change for the biggest title on the show with Seth Rollins beating Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. Bray Wyatt on this show would have gotten lost in the shuffle. So why do you want him to be on a show that's absolutely stacked with all these other fucking occurrences when he can have the whole Friday Night SmackDown to himself? And that's the one reason that you're going to go watch SmackDown. He will have that show entirely to himself. You'll get Drew McIntyre. You'll get Karrion Cross. You'll probably get a random ricochet match. You may get a continuation of Jey Uso and Sami Zayn. Roman might might not even be there. Roman might not even be on Friday Night SmackDown, and he's going to have SmackDown all to himself. It is going to be okay. You're not going to lose sleep. Bray Wyatt's not getting buried. Bray Wyatt is going to be fine. You are going to be fine. Another aspect of it is, how much of this has to do with the TV networks? You know, WWE is pulling, or being pulled, I should say, at both ends. They're trying to light the candle at both ends here with NBCU and Fox. Brock Lesnar was predominantly a Fox sports entity. Right now, Brock Lesnar really isn't doing much of anything. Brock Lesnar's already served his purpose. He lost the World Championships to Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns is now a universal WWE Heavyweight Champion. He can be on SmackDown, which he's pretty much been on. And Monday Night Raw, he can be on Monday Night Raw, but opted not to. A lot of that has to do with Fox. Brock Lesnar right now really isn't needed. He served his purpose. So Fox, looking at this and going with the trends... You know, they're not upset that Brock Lesnar's on Monday Night Raw. Who's to say that Fox did not request Bray Wyatt on Friday night? You'll probably read somewhere in the dirt sheets, and Meltzer will probably talk about it tomorrow morning. Why wasn't Bray on Monday Night Raw? Well, it was a Fox decision. Fox wants to reap the benefits of the tremendous spotlight and the tremendous traction of Bray Wyatt. They want him on that show. So when you are getting angry, at WWE for not putting Bray Wyatt on Monday Night Raw, you got to be angry at A, yourself, and B, Fox. I guarantee you, Fox stepped in and said, we want Wyndham. We want Bray. We want him on SmackDown. Oh, Lesnar, he's, oh, he's yesterday's news. He's fucking yesterday's news. Put him on Monday Night Raw. You want to use him on Raw? NBC wants him. Yeah, that's all right. Give us Bray. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. Fox is going to get Roman. Fox is going to get Roman no matter what. Now they got wind. So I guarantee you it will come out in the news that it is a Fox decision. And we'll watch Friday night and maybe we'll see him. Maybe we'll see him on Friday night. Maybe we'll see him in the flesh. We'll cut a promo. And maybe then we'll get some clues and some answers that we desperately need this week coming out of Extreme Rules. Bobby Lashley made his ring entrance He said he'll be a fighting champion. He says he's defeated some of the best in the business, including Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar. He said, now Seth has stepped up. He called Seth Rollins out to the ring. Instead, Brock Lesnar's music played. Oh, my goodness. Brock Lesnar is walking out to Bobby Lashley. Graves said, what the hell is happening? So, we get a holy shit chant. Brock Lesnar adds to that and says, well, holy shit. I don't know what it is with NBCU, but I'm going to need them to fucking loosen the handcuffs, please. We got... Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy sh! Holy sh! Why? Why? I don't understand it. This is a grown adult program on a Monday night at 11 o'clock, and we're getting, holy shit, holy sh! holy shit. Why? Why? Never in my wildest dreams would I think, well, a holy shit chant which is a normal pro wrestling chant being bleeped out on NBC Universal It's fucking ridiculous Anyway out there and good evening Bobby Lashley he then lifted Lashley and gave him an f5 he gave him an f5 crowd started chanting one more time here yeah, Bobby Lashley was a babyface United States champion everybody loved Bobby Lashley he was a fighting champion right And here we got the New York City crowd turning on Bobby Lashley as if he's the New York fucking Mets, right? Too early? Too early for that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mets fans. I know you are upset, but I have to get my shit in, okay? Bobby Lashley getting turned on by the New York City fans, chanting one more time. So what does he do? He picks up Lashley and gives him a German suplex right on his shoulder. He then gives him another F5, And then locks in the Kimura lock. Lashley was clutching his arm. Lesnar walks over to the corner, puts his cowboy hat on, and that's it. That's the way the segment came to a close. We get the the stereotypical Brock Lesnar October appearance right before a big (laughs) in Saudi Arabia. Typical Brock Lesnar appearance, right for that payday, right in time for that payday, in... There you go. Here's what it is. What the prince wants, the prince gets, I guess, huh? How much is he making for this match, which probably will go five minutes. Why, cool four million? Bobby Lashley... We go to commercial break. Seth comes out. He makes his ring entrance. Officials at ringside are helping Lashley stand. Seth demanded he got in the ring. He demanded that Lashley do this match. Fight me, he says. Lashley's clutching his arm. He's walking away with assists from the referees. Seth grabbed the microphone and said he won't let Lashley get out of this title match so easy. He said, Lashley, I thought you were a fighting champion. You're supposed to be a soldier. You're a disgrace to the U.S. title and a disgrace to your country. Fight me. Clearly, Bobby Lashley looked over at Seth Rollins and said, really, he says. Right, he didn't actually say that, but Lashley turned around. He got really angry. And we got this match. So Lashley gets in the ring. He's holding his shoulder. He's got one arm. He goes for a spear. All of a sudden, Seth turns it into a pedigree. As he came charging at Seth, he turns it into a pedigree. Lashley kicked out. Seth goes to the top rope. He nails a big frog splash. He's got his ribs taped. He gets a two count off the frog splash. Both were slow to get up. Lashley tried putting on a hurt lock, but he's got one arm. Seth resisted this. Then he superkick Lashley, landed an elbow from uh, a, I think it was a top rope elbow, and then a running stomp. And Seth played to the crowd. He began doing the, the, uh, the orchestra hand gestures because people were singing his song. He then delivered a second stomp for the win, and he wins the United States Championship. Seth Rollins is the new... United States champion. Now, why did they do what they did tonight? Now, let's go back to Extreme Rules. We got Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. Fight pit match in the main event of Extreme Rules. WWE last week on Monday night announced this match between Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. On last week's post show, I I asked myself, And I asked you guys, why did they announce this? Why did they announce this before we get to the Fight Pit match? Now, they announced this match taking place this week, last week, and Seth Rollins is getting a championship match. So one of two things were going to happen. One, he was going to beat Matt Riddle at Extreme Rules in the Fight Pit in his own match, which would not have made sense per the feud that is going on. This is a blow-off. Rollins beat Riddle at Clash of the Castle. Riddle needs to get his revenge. How many times can Seth Rollins lose, right? So he wins, does Riddle, and he moves on from Seth Rollins. Now, the other thing that could have happened is Rollins get the victory over Riddle and get the United States Championship match, but that did not happen. Riddle beat Rollins, and Rollins still is getting a United States championship match on Monday. Riddle is not. should be Riddle that gets the United States championship match against Bobby Lashley, but they're not going in that direction. So what WWE did, I'd be very curious to know when they planned on Brock Lesnar being in New York. We didn't hear about Brock until today. Everybody in the IWC was reporting about Brock Lesnar being in the Barclays Center tonight. We didn't hear about Brock on Monday last week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We didn't hear Brock about, you know, his return even on Saturday, the extreme rules. We didn't hear it on Sunday. We heard, it about, we heard about Brock Lesnar today, this afternoon. So I'd be very curious to know when they called Brock Lesnar up and when the plan for Brock Lesnar was. They probably said, oh, shit, we shot ourselves in the foot. This doesn't make sense. We can't beat Seth again on Monday, being that he lost on saturday to matt riddle in the fight pit we don't want bobby lashley to lose the united states championship to seth rollins right so we have booked ourselves into a corner so their idea was let's get us out of this situation let's call brock lesnar up we're gonna need him for crown jewel they need big names we got nobody else we got logan paul and nobody else so let's call brock let's get brock up fuck bill goldberg They got Brock for Crown Jewel. What we'll do is we'll have Brock and Lashley in a one-off program for Crown Jewel. We'll have Brock destroyed Bobby Lashley so we can take the title off him while keeping Bobby Lashley looking strong because, I mean, who's going to complain that he lost the title after being beat up by Brock Lesnar out of nowhere? Nobody expected it. So he's looking strong while... You know, wanting to walk away because he can't fight, but he gets in there anyway as the valiant fighting champion. He tries and retains the title with one arm. Seth beats him for the title. Bobby Lashley looks strong. He looks like a fighting champion. He lives up to everything he said. Everybody looks good here. This was their way out of the illogical booking and the fact that they shot themselves in the foot by booking this match a week in advance before Rollins lost to Riddle at the Fight Pit match at Extreme Rules. That's basically what it boils down to. Am I upset that Bobby Lashley lost the United States Championship? No, I don't really give a shit. I don't care one way or another. Lesnar and Lashley is not something I'm going to complain about either. Why would I? I hope that it's better than what we got at the Royal Rumble in January because what I got at the Royal Rumble was a major fucking disappointment. That match sucked. That was all hype. And no substance. It was suplex, 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 spear, dominator, hurt lock, F5. That's it. Now, I know we're probably going to get the same fucking thing in Saudi Arabia, but at least Brock Lesnar is not hijacking a fucking title. He's not the center of everybody's fucking world. And Bobby Lashley has a very good chance of getting his revenge and a win over Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. Lesnar's going to be paid handsomely. He's got no problem putting anybody over, especially somebody as legit as Bobby Lashley. There's no championships on the line. This is as simple as it gets. No titles, no fucking handcuffs, two guys that are badasses beating the shit out of each other. Bobby Lashley gets his win back from the Royal Rumble. That is it. There is no confusion here whatsoever. Okay? Okay but the reason why they did what they did is because they shot themselves in the foot. Now, Seth Rollins is the U- United States champion. Right now, Rollins looks like a fucking geek. He does. He goes on Ariel Helwani's show, and he does an interview with Helwani, and he says, uh, I, I don't want to be a number two in Roman Reigns' WWE. There's no way I can be the guy in a Roman Reigns-era WWE. So here he is winning a title that is not even in the same fucking stratosphere as Roman Reigns and the WWE Universal Championship. He was basically given a number three spot in the company, holding the third most important title, the, the, the third most important singles title in WWE. Roman's got the two world championships. Gunther has the intercontinental title, and he's the second most important guy in the company right now, championship-wise, and Rollins is a solid number three. So how does that make Rollins look? You go on Ariel Hawani's podcast and claim you want to be number one, but you can't because of Roman Reigns, and here you are being gifted the number three title in the company. How do you think that makes Seth Rollins look, man? Seth Rollins was given a token petty title victory here on Monday Night Raw, and we know he's worth more than that, honestly. Rollins holding the United States Championship, at least now, he gets to be the guy. Will they main event with Seth Rollins for the United States Championship? That remains to be seen. They didn't do Bobby Lashley, I don't think they're going to do it with Seth Rollins. I think Triple H, however, he's feeling on any given Monday, it could be garbage control. It could be Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. It could be Seth Rollins. It could be Judgment Day. He doesn't really have a solid main event every night on Monday. So it could be a mix of anybody. Are they going to go with Seth Rollins in the main event spot? Are they going to make the United States Championship now the title to chase on Monday Night Raw? What I'm afraid of. Is Rollins holding this championship October, November, December, January, February, March And here comes April And WWE still hasn't taken the titles off of Roman Reigns Cody Rhodes has not won the Royal Rumble And Cody Rhodes is back And he starts a program for a fourth match With Seth Rollins Going into WrestleMania Not for the WWE Championship. Not with Roman for the WWE Championship. Not with Seth for the WWE Championship. For a fourth match with fucking Seth Rollins over the United States Championship. Oh, but everybody needs to start somewhere. I think Cody's done more than enough to show you that he is a solid number one in that company if Roman Reigns is not in the discussion. So now we're just going to give Cody Rhodes a fucking United States title for us before we start talking about Cody Rhodes becoming the world champion. That's where I don't want it to go. That would be terrible. Why would you want that? Please, no. Not at all. But I could see them doing that. I could already see that being their mentality. They got Dwayne and Ra- and Roman. They got The Rock and Roman already lined up. That's going to be their mega main event for WrestleMania. Ronda and Becky, that's going to be one of their other main events for WrestleMania. I could see it right now. Bianca versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. Riddle versus Orton, if Orton is cleared, at WrestleMania. Right? And whatever else they want to do with Sheamus and Gunther at WrestleMania. Hopefully. I could see Rollins and Cody being an undercard match for the United States title at WrestleMania. Not for the WWE title. I hope that this isn't the direction that they're going. Hey, we can get Cody on WrestleMania in a big-time title match against Seth Rollins. But it won't be for the WWE title. It won't be for the big one. Nobody wants that. Come on. Yes, it's better than nothing. I get it. It's better than nothing. But it's not exactly what we had envisioned. And it's not really the best course of action either. So Seth Rollins is the United States champion. They shot themselves in the foot a week ago. They somehow got out of it with Brock Lesnar. And now we're headed towards a Rollins title reign and a Lashley-Lesnar match at Crown Jewel, which should be very academic. No confusion here. Lashley gets his victory back, and he continues the, the feud with Seth Rollins for now, and we will uh, have a Rollins United States Championship title reign. Thank you for coming, Bobby Lashley. It did good for the time that we needed you, and we're moving on. Backstage, Saxton approached Lashley, said he's pissed off. He says what Lesnar did was unforgivable. He says he's not done with Seth either, but first he needs to beat Lesnar. He challenged him to show up next week on Raw so I can show the beast that he's nothing but a little bitch. There you go. Elias is coming back to WWE. Yes, not his brother, not Ezekiel, Elias. And it was reported a couple of weeks ago that when the character playing Elias, I forgot his name, grows his hair out, grows his beard out, grows his hair out, that he will be back on television as Elias. It's going to be interesting to see how Triple H booked Elias. All Vince McMahon did with Elias is play guitar, get interrupted, get beat up, and be a very mid-professional wrestler. I know he's better than that, and it's going to be interesting to see how Triple H handles Elias on WWE television, but I love the fact that as soon as Triple H got there, he wrote Ezekiel off the television because it was nothing but Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon garbage and brought back the better of the two gimmicks, which is obviously Elias. Matt Riddle and Sami Zayn. This was the main event of the show. This got the longest time as well. And these two put on a very good match, as they should, because Sami Zayn is great, and Matt Riddle is very good at what he does. So Sami Zayn's out there, and we got a chant of Sammy Uso from New York City. You gotta love New York City. Jay was on the outside with Jimmy. He was there on uh, Roman's uh, Word. And on Sammy's behalf, Sammy saw Jay trying to interfere in this match. Jay was about to help Sami Zayn win this match. Sammy said, No, I, I got this. Sami Zayn's in control. He's, you know, setting the tone and setting the pace of this match. Jay Uso was about to cost Sami Zayn the match by interfering, potentially getting him disqualified. Sami Zayn said, Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are we doing? I don't need you out here. I don't need you to help me. I I got this. I got this. So Riddle, he rolled up Sammy because he was arguing with Jay on the outside. Very close near fall. Riddle had scissored Sammy over the top rope out to the floor. Riddle then landed a big floating bro onto Sammy. We go to commercial break. Sammy landed a top rope sunset flip for a near fall of his own. Riddle caught Sammy in a triangle choke. Sammy nearly tapped, but then draped his boot over the bottom rope to force the break. Riddle landed a snap power slam, set up a draping DDT. Sammy backdropped out of it. Sammy rolled out to ringside. Riddle round kicked Sammy's chest. Jimmy was about to get involved. And Jay put his arm over Jimmy and stopped him from getting involved. And Jay was laughing. Jay was laughing as Riddle threw a barrage of kicks at Sammy. He was laughing at Sammy Zane. Riddle then caught a blue thunder bomb attempt and hit Sammy with an RKO out of nowhere for the one, two, three. This is not going to look good for Jey Uso. Roman's going to watch this back and clearly see what Jey Uso did and Jey Uso laughing at the honorary Uso, and Roman Reigns is not going to be pleased with this. He's not. And that's going to be the next layer of the story. It's almost as if Jey Uso is going to be excommunicated from the bloodline they're going to make Jay Uso feel like he's not worthy of the bloodline, though he is bloodline. But Sami Zayn is going to be more bloodline than Jey Uso, and that's going to cause the riff. And how they are going to reverse roles after that, I don't know. That's where the intrigue comes into play. Sami is being accepted into the bloodline by Roman more than Jey Uso is. Great. Very good match. I loved that they were on the show tonight, which gives way for Roman not being on Friday, which leaves Friday wide open for Wyndham, for Bry Wyatt, and that's that. So that was the main event of the show. The final segment was really uh, DX. They came out with about six minutes left before the top of the hour. Uh, they threw glow sticks into the audience. Triple H was with them. Uh, Graves was claiming that he was 13 years old all over again. They did crotch chops. X-Pac was on the microphone and X-Fans to make some noise and raise some hell. He gave a shout out to China. Road Dog then did his introduction, referring to themselves as Geriatric X. He introduced himself and held the mic up, uh, when he did the New Age Outlaw shtick uh road dog jesse james and he held the microphone up to the crowd and they said badass billy Gunn." triple h said it smelled funny in here road dog pointed at some fans and started laughing that's exactly what they really think of you by the way that's exactly what road dog thinks of you he thinks you're a smelly slob virgin sitting front row at the barclays and watching them in the ring meanwhile they should take a look at themselves uh he then asked brooklyn if they're ready He then did the suck-it routine that he usually does. He said he had to pause to catch his breath, which I hope he's okay. Michaels then said, if they're out there in another 25 years doing another reunion, please put them out of their misery. DX music played. They all stood together in the middle of the ring, and that's the way the show went off the air. I love the fact that Triple H didn't take up a lot of time with DX on the show. Yes, it's a DX reunion. Yes, it's Triple H. Yes, it's Shawn Michaels. But the one thing I want to make you guys aware of is that it was a very minimal DX appearance all over the show tonight. They weren't DX heavy. They weren't in a thousand fucking segments. They didn't overtake the show. Triple H is not like that. It's not about him. It's about the roster. And Triple H really kept it to bare minimum. And I really, really appreciate that. I really do. This was a great Monday Night Raw. It was a fun Monday Night Raw. Some things didn't really make sense. Hopefully, I made sense of them for you. And we got Friday to look forward to, man. Friday, I will be live right here on Off The Script. And we will hopefully, hopefully, hopefully see in person Wyndham Rotunda. Bray Wyatt will be in New Orleans on Friday Night SmackDown. And I hope I made sense of why he wasn't on the show. For everybody that might have been disappointed tonight without seeing Bray Wyatt on Raw. Guys, I uh, I, appreciate you, man. I, I appreciate everybody here. We had 3,500 in the venue tonight. By far and away number one in the community. I, I know we were. I don't even have to look at the stats. Appreciate you guys very much. Hit that thumbs up. We blew past the 1,000 minimum. I need 1,500 minimum. That's the new goal, man. If you guys are not at the thumbs up, fifteen hundred likes. F five that fucking thumbs up. F five that thumbs up. Okay, that thumbs up, please. Thank you. Tonight's show sponsored by Manscapes. Michael Myers sure is scary. We got a new fucking. Uh, Halloween movie coming out, man, on Peacock. It's streaming exclusively on Peacock. I watched last year's Halloween. I'm not watching it. Last year's was terrible. Holy shit. Michael Myers sure is scary. But the last thing you need is to be Harry this Halloween. Luckily, our friends over at Manscaped launched their fourth-generation performance package to make sure that your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience on this spooky day turn your bite-sized treat into a king-sized candy and join the six million men worldwide who trust manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code script 20 at checkout at checkout Make the right call this spooky season. It's trick and not treat. It's trick or trim. You guys are going to get the performance package 4.0. You guys are going to get the lawnmower 4.0, their signature uh, trimmer, advanced skin safe technology. We got the weed whacker as well. It's a total game changer for all those pesky little holes that you can't really get to ear and nose hair trimmer. We got the Crop Preserver. We got the Crop Reviver. We got the new Body Buffer, which I'm excited about. 100% antibacterial body scrubber is just what you need to keep fresh and clean this Halloween season. And Manscaped is even throwing in two gifts. The Performance Package 4.0 comes with the Boxers, Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag, which I think is the best thing of the entire Performance Package, to be quite honest. But I take it with me every. I'm taking it to Ireland with me. Also, they just unleashed the Sheer 2.0 Nail Kit, which I will have this week, and I'll show it off on the show, man. You're going to get all this in the Performance Package 4, uh, 4.0. That is Script20 at checkout. That is Manscaped.com. Free shipping and 20% off. Say trick or treat to your beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. By the way, if you guys think I write that, I don't into the super chats, guys. Let's start at the top with the super chats. I want to first shout out some new members that seemingly had their memberships not go through. Thanks, YouTube. I want to make sure I get everybody here, man. I love my channel members. I want to shout out. I want to shout out Matt Gutierrez, Brandy Houston, Static Shock Girl, Terrence, Imagination, Matt the PWF Fan, Shea Summer, Mr. Williams, Kent Foot, MJF Scarf 93, C Styles, The Handy Capable Gamer, and Tom with a new membership. All you guys either resubscribed or new membership, and I appreciate you guys very much. Let's start at the top with the Super Chats. We are going to go with MGM Ballin. For the 499 Super Chat. Calling up before the show starts. During Miz's birthday celebration, they show footage of Gritty and Loomis walking, but Gritty takes the mask off and it's Champa. Now we didn't get that, bro. We didn't get that at all. Colin Hawkins with a 4. That was a good prediction, though. Colin Hawkins with a 4.49 Super Chat. Hey, J.D., did you see Vince Russo telling Ali to be Jeffrey Dahmer or be a racist cop on Twitter? Well, Vince Russo, bro, clearly doesn't grasp the business anymore, bro. Ryan Heisler with a $10 Super Chat. Hey, J.D., I, I'm just popping in to show some support. To the channel, I recently lost my grandfather this past Saturday night. This one hurts the most. I'm glad your mom and Jesse are well. Talk to you on the next chat. Ryan, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. I hope your grandfather is... in a good place. Uh, I hope that your grandfather was uh, just as important to you as mine was to me. And... Um, Everything's going to be all right, man. Listen, if I could give you any advice, you know, A, my mom has not still gotten over the death of our our grandfather, her dad. And the one thing I could tell you is he's always going to be with you, man. Just do exactly what he's taught you, and he will be with you always. That's the most I could say. And I wish my mom was okay. She is not. My mom is actually uh, worse than uh, what I had put on social media uh, a couple of weeks ago. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat Styles and the tag team scene got a boost tonight. Yes, they did. Tony Brown with a $5 Super Chat, not enough booty meat, but good show. Yeah, man, we got Bailey tonight. I mean, that, that amounts for something, right? We got Bianca, even though uh, it wasn't booty-full enough. Oh, we got Bailey. Sidro! Who did The Undertaker buy flowers for? His ghoul friend. I like that one, Sidro, but I can see Jesse giving that a one-talker. The Script Keeper with a three-month recommitment. I'm proud to be a VIP for three months. And if you're not down with JD, I got two words for you. Get out. I like it. Thank you, Sidro. And thank you, Script Keeper. JM with a final super chat. He leaves no message. Thank you, JM, for the $5 Super Chat. Paul Van Tassel with a 23-month membership. I just got a new cat. Her name is Ginger. Got her on October 1st. Just one year later since my previous cat, Kit, died. I'm sorry to hear that, Paul. Please, from me to you, take very good care of her, man. You'll never get those moments back, man. Cherish every moment. Oh, my boy Kevin Castle's in the chat. What's up, Kev? Tony Brown with a $2 super chat. Miz is so blessed, J.D. You ain't telling me nothing I don't know, Tony Brown. Holy shit. Ask Kevin Castle what he thought of Maurice's outfit, bro. I could, I, I could have heard his jaw hit the floor all the way from where I am. Sidro, did you hear the joke about the championship at stake in the ladder match? It's over your head. And he leaves me a ha ha ha. he <laughs> Emoji. Thank you, Sidro. I didn't like that one, bro. I like the first one better. Dev to Dust with a $2 super chat. Raw eleven twenty six 2018 was trash. I don't know why we're talking about the November 26th, 2018 Monday Night Raw, bro. What's going on? What's wrong with you, bro? Also, Jaws or Alien? Jaws. JM. There he is. Fight Out Super Chat. Was Sasha and Naomi teased as Raw went off the air? Someone held up a big poster with their faces and said the word unity right behind Hunter as Raw closed. I didn't see that. And probably not. That probably means nothing. Gaming in real time with a three-month recommitment to the VIP club. Thank you, brother. Oh, my God. Today's Raw was epic. Do you think the drain has been swamped? I think it is amazing. Raw felt like must-watch. Wasn't expecting Brock. I don't know, bro. I don't know if the drain is completely swamped yet. Oh, the swamp is completely drained. I think you got that backwards. The swamp has not been drained, bro. Not yet, completely. Bruce Prichard and Kevin Dunn are still there, bro. And he really said, do you think the drain has been swamped? No, the, the swamp the swamp needs to be drained, gaming. Sidra with a $5 super chat. Who did Bray Wyatt visit at the beach? Sister Crabigail. Sister Crabigail. Much love to my tribal chief of the IWC. Can't wait for Bray's return on Friday. Yeet, Sidro. Yeet. Colby Hampton with a $2 super chat. Love the show. Hate the new announcer's voice. I thought he sucked. Kevin Patrick was awful tonight. Awful. Matt Eagle with a four ninety nine Super Jet. How do you see the OC playing into Survivor Series against Judgment Day? Think we'll still get Edge Styles and Ray as a team. Yeah, I do. I don't know what they do. If they add the O C to that, that's five and Judgment Day only has three. Who else do they add up as a part of Judgment Day? I don't know. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Mets suck. I'm happy the Mets lost. Well, tell me how you really feel, Joseph Taylor. Brandon James Shea with a two month super chat. Go Los Angeles Dodgers and New York Yankees. Uh, Brandon, I'm gonna need I, I, I'm gonna have to ask you to get out, bro. Really. I mean, for the night at least, get out. Please. Just, just get out. Of all the comments you want to leave me, that's the comment you want to leave me? Captain Solo at a $5 super chat. In your honest opinion, which was the bigger return? CM Punk to AEW last year or Bright Wyatt at Extreme Rules? CM Punk. I don't even know why people are comparing this. Why are we comparing who got a louder reaction? I mean, really? Do we have anything else better to do with our lives? Punk was the bigger return. Point blank, period. Grim, Hula Grim with a $5 super chat. Solid Monster is my side chick. Uh Uh-oh. Fuck those other guys. Have fun in Guinness land. Say hello to Conor McGregor and the lucky leprechaun for us. Uh, I will be taking pictures, Grimm. and yes, y- you may you may go watch Salamancer for the night until I come back on the following Monday. I am boycotting the IWC podcasts and wrestling post shows until OTS venue opens up again. Are we number one and one and only? Says Ricardo Linnell with a five dollar super chat. Thank you, Ricardo. I appreciate that, bro. Raymond Gorvey with a 199 Super Chat. JD, isn't Carl Anderson still IWGP Neverweight Champion? Yes. Brandon James Shea, he's got, uh, I thought he was a three-month member. He says three months here, and now he's got a nine-month. Thank you, Brandon. King Mo Jackson, 199. So since Bray is back, maybe I'll start watching. I don't know why you haven't watched. Triple H has been there. Richard Williams with a two dollars super chat. Hi, JD. Can I get, can I get a to the moon? Nick Williams with a ten dollars super chat. Tonight's Nixter twenty seven question. My brother told you to get out after that Mets remark. What should I say? And name five stars who should be world champion by mid twenty twenty three. Five stars who should be champion by mid 2023? In what company? The only one I want to see world champion in WWE is either Edge or Cody. That's it. AEW? I don't know. Brian Danielson, maybe? And your brother's a Mets fan. What should you tell him? His team sucks. Sure, when the Braves lose, everybody will be saying the same thing, but you know what? We can go, we can both go play golf down at fucking uh, Port, St. Port St. Lucie, doesn't matter. We're gonna both end up in the same place. Uh, 199 Blacks Bro, what was your favorite NXT takeover event? New York, scenario with a $10 super chat. Could you see Raw or Dynamite having a show at the Hammerstein Ballroom anytime in the future? Absolutely. And he says, JD, are you a fan of Cannibal Corpse? Yes, I've seen Cannibal Corpse eight times in concert. Noah Tacone with a 199 super chat. Would you be opening, would you be open to opening up a P.O. box? No. Just something else I have to really pay for and I don't really want it. Captain Solo with a $2 super chat. Why can't they just bring Jerry Lawler back? Because Jerry Lawler is old and doesn't really get with the times. That's why. The script keeper with a $5 Super Chat calling it mid-packed is giving it too much credit. By the way, you are right about Kevin Patrick, OTS for life. Yeah, Kevin Patrick did not do a good job tonight, bro. I don't really care what anybody says. He did not do a good job tonight. Oh, but it's only one week. No. No. If I take a sip of beer that I do not like, I am not gonna go order the beer the next time I go to that bar. I know I already do not like it. It's the same thing. Can he go and get better? Sure. Does his voice fit Monday Night Raw? No. Do I wanna listen to him for three hours? No. Harry with a four ninety nine and a one ninety nine. He says, Let's go Yankees. Went to this show tonight. I didn't think it was as good as you thought it was. I think the issue is that it's three hours. Still enjoyed it. Well, Harry, everybody enjoyed it, bro. Maybe you were thinking about your Yankees versus the Cleveland Guardians tomorrow. Tenorio with a $2. I'll see chat. JD, have you ever seen the movie Twins? Yes. Derek Anawaii with a $5 super jet. Hey Oos, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a liquid death, bro. You know what I'm drinking. Always. Tomorrow I'll be drinking an old fashioned in the in the afternoon while the Braves and the Phillies play at one o'clock. Or maybe I'll just go to the bar and watch the It's a good idea. This is a great gastro pub uh, about a 15-minute walk from the house. I think I may do that. Spencer Morgan with a five dollar superjet. Do you have any favorite game soundtracks from the 90s during Sega Genesis days all the way up until present day? Yes. Uh, the Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 soundtrack and Final Fantasy 7 and Chrono Trigger. Not today, Jay, with a two-month membership. Thank you, brother. Do you believe there's a chance Papa H brings back Tegan Knox? Absolutely. I, I think she's got to work on her uh, her visa or her working papers here in the United States. Baz Wrench with a $5 Super Chat. So is Finn Balor the official leader of Judgment Day after Edge? Because it's been coming across that way as of late. Yes. He is the leader of Judgment Day. Triple M, 199 Super Chat. He says, it's my birthday today. Good show tonight. Much love OTS. Let's get the birthday cake emojis in the chat for Triple M. Isaac Smith with a $20 Super Chat. What's up, OTS family? I wanted to comment on something from Extreme Rules. I felt the heartbreak of Edge as he uttered the words, I quit. That man could sell fish to water. Or water to fish, you mean. Let's what you guys getting things backwards tonight? These are the emotions I want as a wrestling fan. Uh, you know, Isaac, you are correct, bro. Nobody really grasped that yesterday. Or uh, Saturday. Nobody really grasped that. I don't really understand it. I thought what they did was absolutely fantastic. The three Kings with a 499 Super chat. If he can help it Lashley should stop landing on his shoulders from the German suplex so he doesn't sideline himself again. He did it again tonight. You know Kings I I actually saw that and thought that to myself. I didn't really mention that tonight but that's a good call. I, thought, I legitimately said to myself in the back of my... I hope he lands a little bit better because that's exactly what injured him in the first place. Isaac Smith with a $5 super jet. Ronda Rousey doesn't belong in any... Rus- Ronda Rousey doesn't belong in any WrestleMania and she doesn't belong in the WWE, period. Max Mello, 94. 199. Possible the bleep was part of Triple H's no cussing. Yeah, yeah, I get the the bleep in the beginning of the show, but um, I honestly don't think that really played a factor into what the network was doing for the crowd. Nothing should be, a crowd chant like that should not be bleeped out on USA Network. Furious Nation with a 13-month membership. What's up, J.D.? Glad to be an OTS member for a full year now. Number one podcast in the IWC. Thank you, brother. That means a lot to me, man. Omega Kong. $5 Super Chat. Just want to wish you a great vacation. Much deserved. See you when you get back. Well, listen, bro. Um, I'll be here. I may stream some Destiny tomorrow night on the second channel. Uh, Wednesday, we'll be live with Jesse for Dynamite. Uh, they'll, there will be extras this week. Friday, I'll be live for SmackDown. Saturday, I will be live with Off The Script in the afternoon around, uh, I would say, around 3 o'clock. 3 p.m. OTS. I'll get everybody ready for it. And then Saturday night, I'm flying out. 9 p.m. Uh, New York time. I'm flying out to Ireland. And uh, I'll be there. I'll be there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'll be back on Thursday. So realistically, I'm missing Monday and Tuesday live streams. That's it. And then Thursday, I'll be back home. And Thursday, when we when we land, uh, I will probably go live at some point. So we'll make up for it. It's not that big of a deal. It's not. Uh, There is a bleep emoji. Kate, there is a bleep emoji. Right here. We got a new member, Brad Watt. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for becoming a new member, Brad Watt. Thank you, bro. Yeah, Triple M. I may stream tomorrow night on the second channel, man. We may uh, we may guild our uh, conqueror title tomorrow, man. It's gonna be tough. We'll do some Grandmaster Nightfalls tomorrow night. Um, Jackso, fifty dollar super chat. Thank you, brother. I love that name, man. Brett Watt. Um, Furious, uh, Jackso, fifty dollar. Thank you so much, brother. I see it being Seth versus Johnny Gargano, United States Champion at Mania. Also, I love the Triple H era. Also, I can't wait for Friday since I believe Bray will have Liv Morgan join the Wyatt Six since she is undergoing a character change. Uh, I hope so, man. I hope we got something happening. It's going to be a long, drawn-out affair, man, when we uh, get the reveals of all these people. Maybe we got something on Friday. I have no idea. Furious with a $20 super chat. Good Raw tonight. Felt like a Raw after Mania for sure. New York is always a great wrestling crowd. Very excited for the 11 22 Raw live in Albany, which I'm actually going to be front row. Bro, you better bring a fucking OTS sign. You better bring an OTS sign, bro, if you're going to be sitting front row. Uh, Furious Nation also. Man, what a pop for Gallows and Anderson tonight. Very happy to see them back, even though they know Impact sucks. Uh, Very excited to see what Triple H has in store after tonight. Yeah, Triple M, I don't play Trials, bro. Trials is too sweaty. I'm a PVE Hunter main, specifically. Jaxo with the $10 Super Chat. The OC is back. Let's go. Also, the Triple H era has shown how to book characters and shows correctly, and I have a joke for Impact. Impact is the joke, bro. Impact is the joke. Dr. 12 Cam with a nine ninety nine super chat. Hi, JD. How's your night going? It's going, bro. I'm in front of you guys, hopefully entertaining you all while you're at home or on your way from work or leaving the strip club or the bar or, or whatever you're doing on this Monday night, man. Um, my birthday is tomorrow and I'm turning 21. What drink should I get? Bro, get yourself a nice whiskey on the rocks, bro. Something light, something smooth, something mellow, something that's gonna not going to sting. I'd recommend uh, an introductory bourbon. Bullet bourbon. Not rye, not rye whiskey. Bullet bourbon whiskey. If you want to add a splash of club soda to it to dumb down the harshness of it, there you go. Miss. Joker with an Australia mate. $2 super chat. Who will join the Wyatt family? Who do you think? Uh, I don't know, Miss Joker. Uh, I, I know I've talked about this on Saturday. I talked about it on Sunday. We could have Dexter Loomis, Baron Corbin, Tommaso Ciampa, Liv Morgan, uh, Joe Gacy, Bo Dallas, could be any anybody could be anybody. That's the great thing about it. It could be anybody. And yes, uh, Dr. 12 can make sure that it's a round one sphere round of ice, not cubed ice, not fucking crushed ice. You got to go to a place that does it right, bro. Uh, Furious Nation with a $10 Super Jack. Kevin Patrick, I thought was mid tonight, if I'm honest. Would you replace him with someone like Matt Stryker if he's a free agent? Also, thoughts on the New York Giants. Uh, Furious, I do not watch NFL. I, could, I couldn't I could care less. Uh, and Matt Stryker, no. No, I don't think Matt Stryker is going to fit in WWE. Jaxo with a $5 super chat. I love the fact that the Android has continued to stay off my TV. The New York Yankees stink and go Phillies. Right, we'll see, man. Yankees are not going to have a cakewalk to the World Series, man. They got uh, a lot of good teams to go after. PabMan1 with a $2 super chat. He leaves no message. Thank you, PabMan1. Furious Nation with a $10 super chat. Also, I don't think I told you this yet, but I've been looking for a dog ever since my grandparents' dog sadly died this past May. I'm sorry to hear that, bro. Uh, Wish me luck. Good luck, man. And do you see Bray feuding on SmackDown with Roman? No. I do not. Nate 25 for the 499 Super Chat. If Wyatt fused with Roman, when he's got to win the title. Nate 25, 499 Super Chat. Can we get a Vic Joseph impression of him calling an impact show? Trey Miguel! Ah! Steven Wynyard, $2 Super Chat. Why they let Tom Phillips go, I will never know. The Visionary with a $2 Super Chat. The visionary with a two dollar super chat. My precious, my United States. Title.
1: <laughs> there you go. <coughs>
0: Furious Nation with a $10 super chat. One of my good friends, John, who I've been very good friends with since 2010, stopped watching WWE in 2011. And ever since Triple H took over, he's been watching the product again. This is the Triple H effect, bro. Yeah. It's real. It is real, Furious. Scorpio one 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 seven with two dot super chat. I didn't know Post Malone came back to WWE. The three kings with a four ninety nine super jet. Live should turn heel and get an enforcer. That's what Rhea was for her in a way. Well, I mean, we can't get Rhea. I honestly think Liv is going to go to Bray Wyatt. To be quite honest with you. Gaming in real time with a New Zealand two dollars super chat. Do you think that Brock is a heel again? I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough to. Uh... It's gonna be tough to book Brock as a heel, man. Brock is gonna get those babyface reactions for sure. So we'll see. I, I think he's gonna be a babyface no matter what. They- they'll both be babyfaces. I mean, how could you not, how could you boo, Bobby Lashley? I mean, Bobby Lashley's been positioned great. He's a badass. He's legit. They're gonna get equal amounts of fanfare going into this match. And Tony Brown with a two dollar super chat have a safe trip, JD. Tony Brown, my brother, the master of booty meat. Thank you, brother. Ricardo Linnell with the 2 Super Chat. JD, you get Omas over more than he can on his own. I know. I know, bro. I know all about it. That's why Omos has me blocked on social media. Anyway, guys, uh, what a review, man. We hit 3,500 people tonight. Thank you guys very much. Furious Nation with a $50 super chat. Also, bro, have a blast in Ireland. Be safe. Can we get. The anyway guys listen i'm getting out of here man i gotta i gotta finish up i'm gonna go lay on the couch and watch some food network appreciate you guys 3500 in the venue tonight we had 1500 likes Thank you for the super chat, love. Thank you for the recommitments to the VIP club. Thank you guys so very much. You will probably get an extra in your sub boxes tomorrow. No NXT because the show sucks. And I got to listen to Booker T. No, thank you. Uh, I will probably do uh, some second channel gaming tomorrow night, man. Um, around that time. And we will uh, play some Destiny. do so some Grandmaster Nightfalls, man. Some higher level PvE activity. Anyway, guys. You know what time it is, man. I need the thumbs up. I need you to hit that subscribe. I need you to follow me on social media. I need those rock-on emojis in the chat. And I need that music on Max. Guys, I will see you all back live in the venue Wednesday night. Hey, be Dynamite on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.